Welcome everybody to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. Uh, it is week, I don't know, 20, 30, 60, 70. Yeah, of uh, you know the whole everything. You guys know what's going on. Let's just get right into it. We don't need to talk about any of that stuff. Uh, first well, thing. No, no, I do. Oh. I do want to talk about it because I'm looking it. at your COVID beard right now, and it's awesome. Look off the chain, dude. Thanks. Is this as thick a beard as you've ever had? No, it's probably second thickest, maybe. Yeah. Probably second. Yep. I let it grow okay. for five straight months. Didn't touch it for five months one time. This is wow. only. This is only like two. This is about two months, and I shaved like. Did you look like Tom Hanks from? Uh, Survivor, is it Survivor? Yeah, uh, Castaway. Landaway. Castaway. Castaway. That's it. That's <laughs> yeah. it. Yep, I'll take it. He's like maybe my favorite uh, actor of all time, so that's I'll take that. Well, man, might have to have a chat with old Andy Griffith about that one. Well, yeah, I mean he's it's my that's my favorite television <laughs> favorite show. Favorite TV show, favorite yeah. actor, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different. Uh, <laughs> okay, so yeah. Uh, you know, okay. If we're gonna talk about it, we're gonna talk about it. I am, uh, I'm buying too much stuff on Amazon, um, and I, <laughs> it's a problem now. And uh, this week, the last couple of days is probably the first time I really started feeling like the walls are closing in a little bit. I'm, I'm are getting they a little, really getting a little restless? Um, but Mister, I'm, I always want to be alone. Uh, yeah, I'm good with. Uh, I'm good with. Uh, yeah. with, with distancing myself i I have no issues with it it's finally starting to feel it cave in around us i'm good with staying still staying away from everybody uh but i'm i'm alone with myself and my own thoughts and that's uh (laughs) i need to get away from myself i think is the the big thing so uh anyway uh, i bet they got a drug or something you can take for that oh i bet there are a lot of drugs you can take for that um, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I still have to be able to work and everything though. And I'm just, you know, just never been a big drug guy. So, um, I'm probably just going to stick with that. Um, not that it's worked for me, not that staying off of drugs has really worked for me either, but I think I'm just going to stick with that. It, it just feels like your hair also is phenomenal by the way. It's, oh man, my hair is, yeah. Like my beard, it's very thick and it's, it, it grows out instead of down. Um, so uh, I wish everybody could see Adam right now. Someday we'll get everything fixed to where we'll be able to have uh, vision and everything. Yeah. Again, but uh, until then, uh, let's 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 get on with today's podcast. What do you Let, say? Let's get on with it. And uh, first and foremost, we want to thank training personally with Peggy Edwards. Uh, no matter your level of fitness, beginner, intermediate, advanced, if you like to be challenged a little or a lot. And want the benefit of working with a personal trainer without the cost of a personal trainer, training personally with Peggy Edwards is the gym for you. Training personally is interval circuit training for all levels with a personal trainer at your pace, on your time. Peggy Edwards keeps workouts fresh, safe, fun. Right now, the uh, physical location, 3634 Brudenow Avenue in Cincinnati, Ohio, is closed, as, it, as are all gyms. Uh, but that's where it is once we start back up. But all the information you need, you find all the information. You can find uh, workouts. If you visit Training Personally with Peggy Edwards on Facebook, you go to trainingpersonally.com. Uh, or just give Peggy a, shoot Peggy a text, shoot her a phone call. 
It's 513-328-0296. You can email her, Peggy, P-E-G-G-Y, at trainingpersonally.com. Now, Chris. Talk to me. Of course we have The Last Dance, episodes 7 and 8, right? We're going to talk about those. That's the biggest thing going on in my life besides the new edition that I will show you in a little bit here uh, that I made to my humble abode. Uh, as part of that, uh, spending too much money on Amazon out of, uh, boredom yeah. and, uh, trying to just escape from my own head. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, I will show you that shortly, but so we've, we've got that. That's, that's the big thing. Obviously episodes nine and 10, the final episodes are coming up this week. Uh, I can't wait for it. And I'm also going to be you know, sad after that's over and next week starts. And I'm like, now what, now what do we do? But before- exactly. Well, we got, we got next week to talk about it again. And we do. So you got, you got, basically you got a week from now and then it's going to really suck. Yeah. Yep. You're right. Uh, Although by then we may have an answer on major league baseball. We might, we might. And, uh, we are waiting on, the two sides, which are always at odds with each other, which is the Major League Baseball owners and the Major League Baseball Players Association. So they're trying to figure out basically how to go about having a season this year if they they will at some point, most likely. But how that's going to be, what's going to look like, what all is going to have to happen for that to happen. And there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of stuff they're going to have to agree on. Now. Uh, a bunch of those things are like so. There, there's a there's a proposal that was made by the owners that that the players' association they had a, a discussion Tuesday, I think it was. They're still talking about it, still trying to come to terms. Um, 82 game regional schedule uh, where you would have mostly you would stay in your own region. I, I think my, it sounds like it might be a little different than what I was thinking. It might not be all Arizona and all Florida. But it might be, you know, teams stay within their region, so you're not flying across country all the time and stuff like that. I guess. Yep, that's what it sounds like. It sounds okay. like they're going to try to keep things close to where you. So the Reds will be playing in Cincinnati, but they'll be playing teams like in their teams in their division: Chicago, St. Louis. Uh, they'll be playing like the Detroit's. They'll probably play Atlanta. Yeah. People like in that in that uh, Kansas City Royals will probably be in there with them. You'll see a lot of games with different teams, which also brings into the next thing that the owners uh, put in their proposal, which was automatic DH. Right. DH, no matter what, every game because they're not going to be. They realize they're not going to be able to make it fair when it comes to the amount of American League and National League games. Right. Yeah, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to play, and that's I think part of it too is you're gonna play more teams in the division across leagues. So the Reds, kind of like you said, they'll, they'll play Detroit, they'll play Cleveland, they'll play the American League Central Division teams a lot more often. Um, you know, maybe a, maybe like two home and homes or something like that. Um, but they'll they'll play the teams within the region and Universal DH because they're gonna have to figure out some way to come up with a schedule to make it all work. And you're going to have to play, they're going to have to try to play as many, you know, the, the same amount of interleague games across the board. So there's that. Um, there's a roster, agreeing on a roster. It sounds like the proposal was 30-man active roster and a 20-player taxi squad, which I don't know how to explain a taxi squad other than it sounds like just 
basically 20 reserve players for people who get injured or, you know, get sick or whatever. If somebody right. you know, comes down with a virus or something and you got to get rid of them um, or quarantine them. Get rid, get, get rid of them. Get rid of them. Well, that's part of the proposal too. Is if you if you are tested and you test positive for COVID nineteen, they just shoot you. Like you, they kill you immediately. And um, I, I feel like there's going to be a country somewhere that that's going to happen at some point. In time. <laughs> I feel like some third world country somewhere is just going to make a rule. Some czar or or uh, emperor or king or something is going to say, if you end up getting this virus and you test positive, you will you will have to face the firing squad. Yeah, the North Korean Baseball League, uh, the uh, NKBL, um, they might do it there. Uh, but anyway, so they drop a bomb on them. Right. So since you won't have and you're not going to have uh, minor league games right there that's way 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 too many logistics to, to have to deal with for all those teams yep. all those players so you're not going to have that so you should be able to have an extra 20 people kind of on standby uh ready to go aside from the 30 man because the and we kind of met we kind of talked about this a little bit um a few weeks ago they're going to try to play as many games and it might just be 82 that's probably going to be the number um, but they're trying to get as many games in as quickly as possible so that they can have a full and actually an expanded um, postseason. Right. Uh, so that's part of it, too. Yeah, because they're going to have 14 teams as well. They're, they're putting 14 instead of 10 teams uh, from each league into the playoffs. Right. Um, so, there's, so there are all those things. But the big thing that they're going to have to agree on that they're furthest apart on is the basically how they're going to get paid. Right. So last uh, it was in March, I believe they the players agreed, the players association agreed to uh, take a prorated salary. Right. So basically they're going to get paid based on how many games they play. So they're not going to get paid for 162 games because they're not going to play. So they agreed to that. That was already established. So since they already established that now the owners came back and in this new proposal, they're saying we're not going to pay you your salary, but we're going to split 50-50 with you the the uh, revenue. T- TV and any other revenue that comes to this. Right. And a lot of people are giving the players a hard time. They're saying, they're saying, listen, the world needs baseball, and you guys are going to come out here, and, and this you're going to make a dispute about this, and, and it's going to – you could possibly not have baseball – not have a sport that people are dying and longing for uh, because of because of what some guys are calling petty. And they're saying if they do this, they'll never recover. I've heard all kinds of stuff out of the media. And I think it's total malarkey. I think if you've all – the players – I'm with the players. You have stood your ground. You're the only league, professional league, left without a salary cap. You have done an amazing job. And you already agreed upon a prorated salary that you were going to take because of all this if the le- if the season started later. Now, all of a sudden, that's going to go. No, at this point in time, your livelihood. I hate when people talk about other people's money. We talk. We talked about this on this podcast many times. Mm-hmm. I don't count my money. Mm-hmm. All right, you have there. You have no right to count my money. I have no right to count Joey Votto's money. 
Joey Votto makes a billion times more than I'll ever make in my life. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't have the right to make as much money as he can. Who, If I had the opportunity to make a certain amount of money, way more money, and so he was like, oh, man, you're just, you're just, that's too much. You need to chill out. Money's there. The money's there, and I have an opportunity to make it. Who are you to tell me what I can and can't make? So besides that point, uh, besides that point, I am totally on the player's side. I say, you've already agreed to this. There's no reason for them to come back and try to, well, I'm sure there's a reason for it because of maybe the owners aren't sure. They really don't know what the revenue is going to be because they don't know if there will ever be uh, fans in the, in the stands, even though 94% or 93% of, uh, of the revenue that gets paid out to the players comes from TV deals. So uh, obviously that's where this money's coming from. It's all going to come from TV. So, but the, the, the places Fox and everybody else that carries local sports are going to want a prorated deal because they're not getting all 162 games. So they're not going to pay theirs. So I understand there's, there's going to be some issues, but if they prorate that, I feel like prorating the player's pay is perfect enough. And if they agree on it, let's get some baseball playing. Yeah. Uh, well, it sounds like uh, July is their goal to start a season, start, you know, have a, a sort of a mini expedited spring training, maybe sometime in June, and then try to get actual games started in July. And then they're going to try to get 82 games in starting in July through September or, you know, maybe into October and uh, and then start that 14 game, like you mentioned, or the 14 team playoff. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess that's that's kind of all there is. And, and it sounds like it's, you know, it's it's weird because it wasn't a I don't it wasn't a uh, like a contract year. Right. It wasn't a, a um, what's the what's the the word CBA. Um, CBA. Thank you. The collective bargaining uh, agreement is not up this year, right? It was, it, but it's they're being forced to kind of have right. basically one of those. And they're years. up for that. They understand that. The yeah. players understand that, and they will. They, I think, they will agree to every other part of this proposal. I think they'll they'll agree to every other part of it. I don't think they'll have any issues. But there is an issue. They believe that the owners are doing this. Because they feel like if they can get this through now, they're going to be able to push harder for it uh, when the next collective bargaining agreement comes up to try to have some kind of salary cap. Because that's basically what this is, right? I mean, you're basically capping out what the players can make because it's 50% of total revenue. So you're, you're capping out how much people can make. Well, this has never been a salary cap league. And the players don't want it to go that way. I, I'm fine with them. If they've got one thing they want to fight for, fight for it. That's the one thing. If they're good with everything else, figure then then the owners need to come back and figure this out. I don't think the owners are getting enough grief over this. I think the players are getting all the grief at this point in time because it looks like they're whining about how much money they're going to make, and they're not whining. It's it's a lot of money, man. And and if I have an opportunity to make my grandkids' grandkid be set for life instead of just my grandkids, then I'm going to take it. Well, so that was another question I had for you is, is, is just because this is just for this year for, for basically a half a season. 
is that gonna make that big a difference for either one of these? And and is this gonna be could could the 50-50 split actually be more of a benefit for some players than others? I mean, some players they might make if you're gonna make more based on your salary, if you don't do the 50-50 split, then I totally get it. But for some players, this might it might be you could get paid more, right? I have no idea how the 50-50 split would be. Is every single player going to get paid the exact same amount of money? Oh, okay. I, I, I see. So, well, I yeah, I wasn't thinking. Well, okay. Because so then you're even just if going it back is. to prorating it again. And if you prorate it, then mm -hmm. then everybody will just make what they made just, uh, just a, as a, a fraction of it. Yeah. Um, so, but either way, whether that's the case or not, whether it's you, you, you do it as a percentage and, and base it on your salary compared to everybody else's, or you just, everybody gets the same. The players association gets the 50% and they divvy it out. However, they determine, you know, and if it's all, if everybody gets the same, then if I'm a, if I'm a triple a player and I'm playing, you know, and, and, and say whatever the league minimum is, is it 200,000 or something like that or Something, something like that. Two, two or four hundred thousand, maybe. Um, if that's what it is, and that means maybe I get another fifty thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars or something like that. I don't. I don't think there's anybody that's going to be able to make more money. Any player that's going to make more money off of this, in any sense of the word, whether you're AAA. If you're AAA, you're still working off a AAA contract. I don't think you're going to be making. Because you're not on the roster, right? It, it, and, and the taxi squad is going to get different amount of money than. I mean, they're, they're, there's just no way that they'll pay every single person equally. That does. I realize that it seems petty because of what this whole world is going is going through right now. But it's still their job. If your company came up to you and said, "Listen, hey, uh, you know, we are still going to make money. We're still making going to make money, uh, but for the next." You know, for for this year, uh, instead of paying you uh, whatever set salary you have, we're just gonna split whatever comes in, and it, it means you're definitely gonna make less. Mm -hmm. But it's just for one year because uh, the because the world's got a crisis. I realize how it sounds, and you would probably be like, "Man, whatever to keep my job or whatever to do what I got to do." Right. But if you know the money's there. It just seems like it just doesn't seem right to me. It just it seems like the owners are trying to get over on the players. Yeah, yeah. I, I and without without actual figures, without without knowing what the actual revenue is going to be, of course, and uh, or to figure out if they did take it, uh, how they would split it, because I don't think they've determined. I don't think the players association has has determined that because they. It seems like they've well, made the up their is, mind. It's definitely they would just have to agree to the split. The teams would be the ones paying at, paying it out still. So I don't I don't even know how they would. I, that's going to have to be worked into this whole agreement. Mm -hmm. Fifty fifty split isn't enough for me to make a decision if I was a member of the Major League Baseball Players Association. I, it's not enough. I need more of what is that fifty fifty split mean? Yeah. Is it fifty fifty and then you take that? And you cut cut that off by you, you you break our fraction our salaries out by that or fifty fifty and we all get paid the same because I'm sorry if I'm Joey Votto or if I'm forget Joey Votto let's not talk about Joey Votto if I'm Auenio Suarez who just came off 
49-50, whatever many home runs he had last year. And uh, I don't know. Davey Crockett is a triple-A taxi player, and we're going to make the same amount of money this year. And there's an opportunity, that, and the Reds win the World Series, and they win the World Series. Uh, and Ayuano Suarez in 82 games hits 35 home runs. No, sorry, I would be pissed off. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one time that I was in uh, New York, um, I did. I, I caught a taxi cab, and Davey Crockett was actually my taxi driver. So that's funny <laughs> that you said that. Um, but the, nice. the the one thing that. Um, that I think all the sports are doing as they're all figuring the same things out, dealing with, with some of the same things, deciding how to have a season, if they have a season, when they have a season, how to change everything. Um, they're all kind of looking at each other for some guidance, some help, some ideas. And that's definitely one thing that they're doing in the NBA. And the NBA is in a little tougher situation because they were so much further along in their season. Right. And, and, you know, baseball kind of was able to stop this thing before it even started. Um, I mean, everybody was in spring training, but, um, you know, you, you weren't traveling around and everything. <clears throat> so uh, the NBA is trying to tr- is still trying to determine, and we are, it's May 13th uh, right now, so we would be well into the playoffs. Uh, and they still had, was it 20 games left or something like that? Yes. Um, so they still had that much to go in the regular season. And <clears throat> so they're trying to figure out whether finishing out this season is going to happen in the NBA. And it doesn't, it, it sounds like it's kind of like changing almost every day. Some days it sounds like everybody's pretty, uh, pretty positive about the chance to, to go ahead and finish something, uh, whether it's just starting with the playoffs and, or, you know, maybe it's doing a full playoff starting now or whenever, or maybe it's cutting the playoffs down or cutting the teams down or whatever that is. Um, but they're still trying to figure that out. And then the next day you hear like people come out and say, you know what, it would take way too much Everybody would be at too much risk. It's just not worth it. You know, let's scrap the season. So the number one thing, both in basketball, baseball at this moment in time, I think I think before, I think when these two sides, especially in baseball and basketball, both of them, if before these two sides sit down and talk about money and how the playoffs are going to work, they the number one thing that we are all just skipping over, which I think is way more important than the, the the amount of money you're going to make or any of that is, is it safe for these guys to, to play, right? That's yes. the number one thing. And that is, I think, what a lot of people were overlooking as well is like, yeah, I know you were about to say this and you were getting into this right now before I started talking over you like I usually do, but that's the number one thing they need you, they, they have to feel safe. If the, if the players don't feel safe, then this is a mute point. This is completely mute. Now, from what I understand and what you see on Twitter, the ones that are coming out and talking, the ones that are actually saying things, all seem to want to start playing and figure out a way to do it. So I haven't heard anybody, I haven't seen or heard anyone say, I'm not up for this. I think this is too dangerous. I don't want to mess with it. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, you're right. And the only thing with that is you're going to hear from the stars. You're not going to hear from the guys that are three, four, five, five 
deep on the bench. You're hearing right, from so the So those stars. are the ones that you think would want to play the most because they're the ones that are losing the most money in this situation. Yeah. So if anything, I would think that those would be the guys that are like, hell yes, sorry, heck yes, let's figure out a way to make this happen because I need this money to support my kids and my family, whereas the stars have that money. They're fine. They, they, they've all, they got their kids and family supported. Right. But the ones that you do hear from, I understand, are the stars, but I think the other ones probably want it even more, which makes me feel like there's gonna that that I have not heard a single person come out and say, "Don't feel safe, don't want to do it." Yeah, everybody's gonna have their individual opinion based on what's best for them and their family and their safety, and that should be the first thing. It, when it when it comes down to safety, that should be the first thing. Um, but but you also have the dynamic of the of the teams that were bad bad teams that are definitely not in the playoffs. Is it worth it to them to risk? To risk their health, to, to you know, to risk all that stuff, to come back and and maybe if they if they decide they want to play the end of the season or something like that, or play five more games to give people a chance or something like that, do, does that make any sense for for teams like that that have no shot to make totally, the No, I'm I'm to, with the NBA. I we right now. I believe I saw yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Was the one-year anniversary of Kawhi's shot in the corner against uh, Philadelphia or bounced around and went in and they won the Eastern Conference Finals. That was the Eastern Conference Finals, was it not? Yeah. So we basically are getting into where the finals would be this week, next week, somewhere in that area. The, this weekend, I believe, is when the finals would have been starting, somewhere in that time frame, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. If that's the case... I, I don't see a reason to finish the season. They got far enough. They're three quarters of the way through the season or more. You just say, listen, apologies to the teams that were close, but all in all, you weren't there. All right? Here's the deal. There's eight spots on each conference. There's 16 teams that make the playoffs. Half the teams in the NBA make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You didn't make it. You weren't there at this time. You have no reason to gripe. I don't want to hear a word from any of you. And the teams at the bottom aren't going to say anything. Like you said, I feel I do feel like they're more. Those are the guys that would be like, whatever. I don't care if you play or not. So be done with it. Let's just get the playoffs started. Let's just start with the playoffs and go from there. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, if they do decide to do something, it's it needs to just be with the playoffs. H- however, they finished the regular season, where it stopped. Tough luck. There's not, you know, this is out of everybody's hands. It's not. Yep, it's not like the NBA is trying to screw you. Right. It, this is everybody's dealing with the same thing. This was just wasn't your year. It probably wasn't your year the year before. And if you aren't in the playoffs, if you didn't make the playoffs this year, you probably weren't going to win the championship. You were going to win the finals and make it to the finals anyway. So sorry, don't worry about it. Yeah. If you were if you were ninth or tenth or something like that, and you had a chance to to jump a team or two and make that eighth spot, you're either playing the Lakers or the or the Bucks probably, and uh, good luck so in the first round against it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. To be honest with you, I think, and this is this is a no, I, I, okay. I think that it, it doesn't make no, it, it it really doesn't make sense. I think they should just shut it down. 
honestly. And you know how I feel about basketball. You know how much I, I wish I was watching live basketball games now. It, I think it just makes more sense to have everybody be at home, stay at home in, in October, the beginning of October. Hopefully we'll be able to start up training camp. I'm sorry for all the, the, the time and effort and the blood, sweat, and tears and all that stuff you put into this season. It, that it, it, I, I think it just makes sense to, and I'm sure they're missing out on a ton of money if they decide this, but it just for everybody's safety. And I think, you know, if they really present it that way, I think the NBA is going to come out on top here or, or, or looking good because they are a, an organization that cares most about their players. You know what I mean? And I think that, I think they, I think that's already a league that that's the feeling that that's the case anyway. Compared to all to the yeah. other two um, major sports, so you know I wouldn't be surprised if Adam Silver. I think he's going to do everything he can, wait till the very last second to make a decision. Because if they can play, they're going to play, and they want to play, and that's great. But if it doesn't make sense, if all the the, the things you got to figure out logistically don't make sense as far as people's safety, like you said, because that has to be the first thing. That has to be the most important thing. If it doesn't make sense, if, if people are going to be at risk and you got older coaches and older staff that are going to have to be around, you're putting those people at even greater risk. There are people with families with you know that, that go home with wives and kids that might have uh, you know immunodeficiencies or whatever or whatever you call them. Um, if it's going to come down to that, and it sounds like if they do something, it's going to be they said uh, like a campus atmosphere where everybody's going to be basically in the same place uh, and they're going to try to keep everybody together until they can get all that done. But people are still going to have their families with them. I think, you know, it's not like you're not going to go through another month of basketball and play the playoffs out without seeing your family at all. Some people might, but uh, if you can, you're going to be with your family. So uh, anyway, just, just say, I I just, I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know that the NBA is, if they do scrap it, they're necessarily going to look like, you know, the 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 good guys in this. I don't think there's a good or bad guy in this situation. I think either way they do it. I think if they decide to play, I think they're still going to be looked at as the 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 best league when it comes to supporting your players. I I don't think that's going to change. Because this is going to come down, no matter what happens, the answer to if these guys are going to play is going to come down to player safety, what the, how the players feel about it. It's not going to be the NBA say, we're playing. They've all already made this very clear. Like The, the Players Association sent out in a, a unanimous poll, not a unanimous, an anonymous poll uh, to all the players was it Friday? I want to say or Saturday. That I don't. I, I haven't heard whatever happened with that whole thing or what what came of it. But uh, basically saying, hey, how do you feel about it? There was a few questions in there, and they were trying to get the just the feel for how the what the rest what the whole league, not just the stars, five, four or five down on the bench, everybody feels about it. And I haven't heard how that ended up or what came up, what came about of that. But that's the thing that's going to make the decision on if they play. It's not going to be the NBA says, 
we're going to do a campus atmosphere. Everybody quarantines themselves. Whatever teams are in the playoffs stay on this in this area, and then that's the end. That's what we're doing. It's going to be the players say, "We feel safe. Here's what makes us feel safe. Make this happen. NBA makes it happen. Then they play." Yeah, uh, I think you're right. I think you're right, and we'll see. I, the only other thing I can think of is is if you're one of those people, and I I can only think this because I I know where I would be on it, um, uh, and that's one of the things I've I've struggled with a little bit is um, seeing seeing other people, uh, you know, seeing stuff more and more, especially uh, in the last week or so. People making the decision to kind of kind of get back a little bit more to normal uh, than they were and and um, kind of not not doing the mask thing and just kind of you know I've seen some uh, some people doing like stuff for school for the kids that were gonna graduate and that kind of thing all getting together at somebody's house or together somewhere and taking pictures and stuff like that and and that's that's like I I, I just like get, you know, I just, I feel a certain way about it and I, and I definitely try to keep it to myself and all that kind of stuff. Um, when this is, when this is over, when this is over, are you going, how, how, I, I'm interested to know how Adam has changed. I mean, it, a lot, everybody knows you're a germaphobe and, you know, weirded out by a ton of things already. I am interested on how, not just you, but a lot of people like you, how this is going to change you are. Because I'm not going to lie to you, man. Once this is all over, if there's an M&M on the ground, I'm going to pick it up and eat it. Uh, you know, if, if I'm going to walk up and kill you, I'm going to kiss you. I'll do whatever. It don't, you know, it is what it is. I'm going to go back to the way I've always lived. Uh, I, I, I'm not wearing a mask everywhere I go. Once this is all over, when now I wear a mask like they tell you to do. I got my little black mask that uh, was made for me. Uh, I rock that bad boy. It's got polka dots on one side. I flip that thing over. I don't, I don't show the polka dots off unless I'm trying to be funny. But, uh, you know, it, I am interested to see what this does to Adam Schmidt. Adam Schmidt is going to go everywhere in, in a, what do they call them, Tyvek suit. Yeah. They have like white plastic uh, you're going to look like an astronaut everywhere you go. I'm interested to see how, how I do too. Um, but that's, <laughs> but, but getting kind of, but getting to, to that thought, what, you know, there are, you know, there, there are players that are probably a little more like me and there are a lot of players. It sounds like it, from what I, from what I've understood, most of the players are saying they want to play. But you know, even if it's most, you know there are some players that are probably a little more like me and are like, you know what, this isn't worth it. Let's 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 just make sure that everybody's as safe as possible and you know, we'll just we'll scrap it. It stinks for everybody. Nobody really wants this, but it makes the most sense to, to some people, right? Um, so yeah. imagine being a person like that though, where you feel like Man, this on. is. Hey, you almost not being bullied, but you almost feel it's pressure, right? Yeah. It, well, this is the, the it's the the consummate peer pressure idea. Right. What would you if it was you? Because I know who you are and how you are, and you, it, unanimous poll without a doubt, right? You're definitely saying don't feel safe. Absolutely, scrap the season. I don't care. So that's how you feel. But if you like, if you have to do, if they just question everybody. 
individually, each person, what are you saying? Are you going to come out? Are you coming out and saying that? Or are you going to say, man, 85, 90% of the guys want to play. Uh, I guess I'll just agree with them. No, I mean, I think, I think I would say, especially in the anonymous poll, since it's supposed to be <laughs> anonymous, I would say anonymous, I would say, you know, yeah, I, I don't, I just don't think it, I just don't think it makes the most sense. I think it makes the most sense to not get everybody back together and playing games. Um, but I'm interested to know how many people said that. Yeah, so am I. Uh, but, but, you know, if I also will understand if 90% or 95% or 98% of the players say, no, nah, I'm good. Let's, let's get back to it. Um, and, and that's the other thing is the older folks, the coaches, uh, all the other staff around a team that ha- that are there to make a game work. And yeah, you're not going to have the full like stadium operations staff there because you're not going to have fans. All, none of these, none of these games are going to happen. Baseball, basketball, these games are not happening with fans. Right. right? Um, right. but even without that, you still have other staff around that you need there to make sure everybody's good. Um, and trainers and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you have older folks. I mean, a lot of them are older people and they're a little bit more, you know, it's a little bit more dangerous for most older people to get it. Um, so that's, a, that's going to be a big thing too. Like, I'm sure they have to be part of that poll. You know, like they'll have the players poll, but they have to take into consideration those people who are automatically yeah. more at risk, right? So what happens if one person decides, oh, I don't feel comfortable with this? Is that all it takes? Is it just one person? Do they have to have a unanimous vote on this? Or that's what that's kind of what I was what I was getting at is that you know you you almost that's where the pressure really comes in. The pressure really you you'll feel some pressure to say if you know that everybody else. And almost everybody else is saying yes. Well, let's play, and you don't really think it's a good idea. You you'll feel some pressure to just go ahead and go along with everybody. But if you say no, and they have ninety eight percent of people say yeah, let's do it, and so they decide yeah, we're gonna do it. Those people that think man, I I don't know, I'm just not comfortable. You're not going to. I I feel like that's really where the pressure comes in because you're gonna have to be like, okay. We're having a season. I can't just – I guess I can't really just stay away when everybody else is yeah, there. Yeah, I mean there's a ton of people. I mean look what, look what they're doing with these people uh, in the manufacturing of food or whatever. They're yeah. saying, I, I don't care if everybody's getting sick. You guys need to be at work. And they're like forcing these people to come to work. Mm-hmm. So, I mean it's crazy, brother. That's – that. you know, do you feel forced to go to work? And then if you are forced, do you say forget you? I'm not coming and mm-hmm. risk your risk potentially uh, a, a career in the NBA. Yeah. That's unbelievably, this is such a crazy time, buddy. I can't even tell you how nuts this is. I say, I say, if you can figure out a way to make them safe, play the games, man. Let's get this thing going. Absolutely. But you got to make sure everybody's safe. And I don't know how they can possibly, I mean, at this point in time, I don't know how you can say, that everybody is going to you can't guarantee that everybody's going to be safe you just can't guarantee it no. now you can't guarantee everybody's going to be safe on an everyday basis anyway right so you know that's this is where i keep going back and forth it's so tough for me on this in this case because part of me i understand where it's coming from and i 
this is so important right now in this world that we live in and you have to be safe and you have to, you know, the, all the things that we have to do because of coronavirus. At the same time, we got to live our, I keep saying, yeah, at some point in time, we got to figure out how we're going to live our lives. There's a, we have, there's all kinds of things in this world that can get us in diseases and, 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 you know, walk out your street and slip on ice and bust your head and you're gone. Like there's a ton of things that can happen. And I know that sounds silly, but it's, it is something that you have to look at. I mean, it's, there's two different sides of this. And at some point we got to figure out when we're all, when we are going to be able to, to get on with life because we can't do this forever. I can't. I'm going to tell you right now, I can't do this forever. No. I cannot not hug people forever. I can't do it. Let me ask you this. Uh, so this is, we're just getting away from sports totally. But if you knew, if they said, okay, it's safe, but everybody's got to stay this way or maybe even get a little more safe, a little more careful, not go out, do, you know, do everything you can to avoid being around other people. Um, if you know that it's going to be six months or a year or something like that, what's the, because that's the thing. Nobody's saying that it's going to be forever. There's no, you know, in two years, it's, 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 it's not going to be a thing. No, but, but, but you know, the, you know, the way this world is, once we let something happen, it's just like the way the players association feels with the, with capping out how much money they can make in a season with 50, 50 split of revenue. It's just like that. Once you let something slide in, you start feeling a little nervous about the about next year or the year after that. What's going to happen when collective bargaining comes? They're going to feel like this is okay, and they're going to push the the owners are going to push harder for it. Here, uh, every year when flu season comes along, all of a sudden, are we all going to have to pack up and 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 you know? March it out for, for four or five months, hmm. six months, year, whatever. Uh, there's going to be another virus that comes along, bird flu or some other weird goofball. You know, there's going to be a raccoon, a raccoon ear, ear infection and, and <laughs> you know, crazy stuff like that. So, you know, at what point in time do we say we've had this before? That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's hard for me because I go, I flip flop on this probably 30 times a day sure. i'm not like you where i know exactly where i stand on it i don't i'll be completely honest with you i am a flippy floppy flapper no look even even with the way that i do feel about it i'm still flip-flopping myself honestly and i'm, I'm not flip-flopping in the same way like i'm not like it's really not that bad everybody should just kind of you know be careful but but you know not worry so much about it I'm not that way, but I'm I'm kind of like I'm, I hear so many different things. You hear doctors talking about, you know, there are doctors that are saying like everybody's going way overboard about this. You need to you need some germs, get some germs, right. and and you know then your body basically adjusts to it, and then you know you can fight it. Then, um, but, yeah, you hear doctors talking about how next year they feel like it's that flu season and different and, and kids in schools is going to be even worse because their, their bodies are not getting, getting the bacteria and, and like you said, germs to, 
to build their immune systems right now. And they're like, oh, they're worried about next year already. Right. That's what I'm saying. We're right. already getting worried. Anyway, continue. And, and, then, and, then on the, and then on the other side, there are other doctors saying, no, this is what you need to be doing. You need to be staying away from people. You need to be wearing masks. You need to be wearing gloves or whatever. Because you don't want to get, even if it's not going to hurt you that much, you could get it, have no idea, and then you, you, you know, because you're not too concerned about it, and you come come in contact with somebody, not even in contact, just in the same vicinity, with somebody that right. already has another problem, they get it, their bodies can't fight two two things at once or whatever, and and they die from it or whatever. So um, no, that's that's I mean that's been the thing since the beginning, right? right? I mean that's. The, the one thing that's annoyed me the most that people say is, is, uh, I'm not worried about catching this virus. That's, that's, that has nothing to do with why they're telling you to do any of this. Right. And so anybody that is saying that and listening to this, I hate to tell you, but that has nothing to do with the reason that they're putting all this stuff out there and why we have to do the things we're doing. It has nothing to do with you individually. It has to do with the person down the road that gets it, like you said, with the underlying issues. Mm-hmm. Now, once again, once again, pneumonia, you know, what? Are, there's all kinds of things out there that people can get that could kill people with certain underlying conditions every day. Right. That we don't, we've never done, taken this much precaution in the past. So I can, I, oh, I like playing devil's advocate against myself. Because I don't like making a decision on something unless I think about everything that could possibly happen and why we're doing this. So that's what it, it sucks for me because every time I make jump this way and like, yeah, because it's going to hurt somebody down the line, I think the other way and I'm like, yeah, but there's all kinds of stuff that could do that. But we never did this before. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's about it's about that this is a new thing that they don't know about. So all the other stuff, sure. you oh, know, 100%. we've known yeah. about for a long time, and we we can combat that a little a little bit better. But 100%. it's still but it's still always there. So I, I get what you're saying. Anyway, the idea though is that there there are conflicting things about this from people that seem like they should be reputable coming from two different <laughs> angles or 60 different angles and you don't know what is the best way what is the best thing to believe because there's so much so much different information coming at you and 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 while you're reading or hearing one thing you're like oh okay yeah that makes sense I feel a certain way and that's what I think that's what yep. you're saying because and that's what I'm saying I, I do the same thing I'm like oh well maybe I shouldn't be so crazy about it and then you know five minutes later you hear something else or you see somebody post something some information, some fact about it or some, some information or whatever, or a study. And you're like, Oh my God. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah. I got, I, I'm for about two more years. I'm going to stay in my house, you know? So there's, there's just, that's the idea is there's so much information. You don't know exactly what is correct. It's probably somewhere in between everything. And it's some shade of gray that nobody knows what the correct shade of gray it really is. But ultimately, uh, I don't even know where we – oh, <laughs> Major League Baseball, NBA, even when the NFL starts coming back, they're gonna all going to have to make those decisions based on what's best, what's the safest for everybody, number one, and then figuring out how to make those things work. Um, the one thing – yeah, the, the, the thing that we don't have to worry about, the sports that we can get are all the sports that have already happened before that we get to watch again. Yeah. And a big part of that is The Last Dance, the, the documentary about the 90s Bulls. And um, the, 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 that's one thing that I've had a hard time with this whole entire time is 
people even leading up to it and still now keep talking, keep calling it the Michael Jordan documentary. It was never a Michael Jordan doc. Most of it's about Michael Jordan, but okay, it's uh, let's. Can but we it's, be honest? It, that's, I, I understand. That's it's because not a Michael Jordan documentary. However, but it's not the Michael Jordan. One hundred percent a Michael Jordan documentary. And it's Adam, not. if you don't believe that, the reason I can tell you that it is is because it's called The Last Dance, and they take time specifically to talk about when Jordan left and did a whole, I don't know, twenty minutes. About him playing, playing minor league baseball. They didn't do that when B.J. Armstrong left the team. They didn't do it. They did a small, you know, quick sentence about Horace Grant leaving the team. They didn't. Follow. I realize he's the greatest player on that team, but this is a Michael Jordan document. It started with when they drafted Michael Jordan, and has each time been about Michael Jordan, what Michael Jordan did for the team, and every step on his way to. The last dance. It, it's not a, not about the six peating bulls, the six championship bulls, because it started with Michael Jordan being drafted. I hate to tell you, Adam. Okay, but you're wrong about that. It, this it, is a Michael Jordan. It, in order, in order to not get into an hour long argument about that alone, I'm gonna I'm gonna go right into episode seven. All oh, right, what so a bummer. <laughs> forget that. I feel like this is more important. I can't believe that you don't. You you are really upset with people. It's you, it's bothered you it's bothered me them? the whole time that people are just calling it the Michael Jordan documentary. Anyway, I if I was if I was Nike, I feel like this is Nike's just getting a giant. This is just a giant advertising advertisement for for Jordan brand and Nike. That's what this is. Really? And if you don't want it, oh man, then Nike's all over the place. Jo- just Jordan Jordan's out there. Everything's Jordan. Jordan, I bet Jordan brand through Nike has skyrocketed since it started. Uh, yeah, but just because Michael Jordan himself is on the screen, I don't, I don't notice. Ninety percent of what they talk about is Michael Jordan. No, I know, <laughs> I know, and that's why. I'm, it's a Michael Jordan documentary. I don't, I don't feel like it's, I don't feel like it's an advertise. I don't know. I don't feel like it should jump. Okay, the advertising because... might have been overboard. Whatever. Anyway. The, the fact is, they, this is a Michael Jordan documentary. I want to know what makes you feel like it's not. <laughs> because it's not. It's only, people are saying that because he is the most important figure on that team for a decade. For more than a decade. But but for, well, for that 97-98 team. Basically, and then they go back and show everything basically that leads up that involves him because he was the most important person on that team. But it's not, it's, it's the last dance is about the 1997, 1998 Chicago Bulls, the last time that Michael, Scotty, Phil were going to be together. It's about that team. They they incorporate so far so far about this is a maybe Jordan 30, documentary that they've incorporated those pieces into maybe thirty minutes of the eight hours that we've seen have been about that season, <laughs> but and maybe everything yes. else has been about Michael Jordan. Everything else has been about everything leading up to that for that team, 
And a lot of it is Michael Jordan, obviously, because he is the best player, the most important, the biggest star in the history of sports. Of course, most of it is going to be about him because why would you, why would you make most of it about Phil Jackson? You know, I mean, it, it's Dennis Rodman, right, Pippen. Right. Sure. I understand that. But, but it's, it's not the Michael not Jordan. It's not a documentary it. about Michael Jordan. It, it okay. has mostly Michael Jordan in it. It is not a Michael Jordan documentary. It, it's, okay. I, I, it's about okay. the Bulls. It's the Chicago Bulls. I, I, I guess I can agree with that because there is a lot of stuff. I mean, they focus a lot on Scotty. Not a lot. They focus a little bit on Scotty. They do a lot They on did Scottie. a very tiny bit on Dennis Rodman. Uh, and they, they talk about the, the other pieces that came along. But... It is, I almost would call it 50-50. It's 50% Michael. Because then why do we need all that whole huge segment about about Air Jordan and the Nike brand and going to Nike? None of that has anything to do with 97-98 Bulls. Right. Except for those are the shoes that he had on. (laughs) That has nothing to do with the team. That is, that's what I'm saying is, that's where people are getting the Michael Jordan. Because there is... A big part of this that is a Michael Jordan documentary. Well, but 85% of it is. People were calling it a Michael Jordan documentary before any of that stuff aired about the about the shoes and any baseball stuff. People were t- calling it the Michael Jordan documentary, which I just felt was very lazy. That's that's why I had a problem with it. Anyway, episode seven starts with Michael Jordan retiring from basketball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay. It doesn't start with that. It starts with with the end of the '93, where where episode six left off, where they win the third straight championship uh, against the Suns in 93. Michael's exhausted. He's already been talking about maybe this is it for me. I, you know, I don't have to play yeah. forever. Um, and he decides – so he kind of says early on that most people had no idea. Really, my dad and myself were the only two people that knew after that championship in 93 – that, there was a pretty good chance that was my last game. We both knew that. Right. Nobody else did. So, and then and then cut to uh, after that championship that summer, you know, the 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 tragedy of Michael's dad being murdered. Right. So, uh, awful awful thing. And they go into Michael's relationship with his dad a lot in these episodes. And. Um, and it's you know they were really 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 close. Obviously he traveled. He went on road trips with them, and um, he was with them all the time. It sounds like Ahmad Rashad was with them a lot, and he talked about they were always playing, they were always hanging out, playing cards, and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we, a couple episodes ago, we, or yeah, I think episode six, they talked about how Mike, how Michael's dad said after game one, I think it was the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, the one year against the Knicks, he was like, let's get out of New York City, get out of the city, let's get away from everybody, go to Atlantic City and do some gambling, <laughs> you know, after after one of the games. Sure. So they were doing little stuff like that all the time. Golfing. Um, so really close, obviously. And then Michael's dad's on a little trip on his own, uh, is driving back, pulls off to the side, um, which – I, I don't know how you know that. <laughs> I don't know how you... I was thinking the exact same thing. How do they know that he pulled off on side or could they, he was taking a nap? How do they know that's what yeah. he was doing? I, I, I don't know. Make, I, I, it, everybody says that's what he did. Yeah. Maybe he did that often. Maybe he all, maybe he got tired a lot. 
Yeah. And did, did it often. That was one where they found him was one of his. Where they found his car was one of his spots. Yeah. But there, the other thing I found weird about this is, it, it, isn't it kind of weird that old boy just like took off all the time and was gone for a few days to go visit friends, and it was no big deal if he just didn't show up for a flight that he was supposed to be on. You know, yeah, kind of. But I also felt like that he had. I, I don't feel like um, there was like money was no object to him. I feel like so uh, if he misses a flight, I'll just catch the next flight. I had eighteen more whole, whole, you know holes of golf to, yeah. to play. I just felt like it, you know. And when you have that much money, you can do that. Um, sure. So so that's why I didn't think too too hard about that. And and you know they said that he would go just hang out with old friends and stuff in Wilmington and and that kind of thing. Um, you know, when when you're retired and all your kids are out of the house and stuff, you know, you, you can do that, right? So, yeah. um, so I don't know. but I but, can't think of anybody's house that I would just go to and stay at their house for like three days. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know especially as a grown man. I just can't think of how. I, I, that's just me personally. Listen, everybody's different. I just, I, I find that. I, I'm not up for just being like, hmm. I'm gonna go stay at Adams for three days. Well, he might have been, he might have stayed at a hotel or something like that, but he was just going to hang with friends or whatever. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Sure. Um, and everybody's different. I'm totally the same. I'm not trying to go. I'm not trying to go stay at anybody else's house. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm a grown man. I got my own place. Right. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that's what he did. Uh, he was he was living life as he should have. You know, he did a great job raising Michael. So he. Uh, you know, he was just kind of living life, and, um, mm-hmm. and and unfortunately, he got caught in the wrong place at the wrong time, and some some wrongdoers, we'll call them, uh, <laughs> definitely wrongdoers. Got, got yeah. him and and killed him, and you know, for some reason, beat up his car and uh, and drug him to a to a creek or whatever nearby. So. And they immediately, which we talked about last week, we wanted to hear if they would incorporate the gambling rumors into this. And they did, right off the bat. And I love, they did a phenomenal job of just putting the the NBA, the, the Michael being being uh, suspended for 18 months or whatever and, and told to leave uh, the NBA. They did a great job of putting that to bed. They did a great job of putting anything to bed about uh, Michael having gambling debts and his fa- or his father having gambling debts and that's who these people were coming after him. They, they pretty much nipped all that in the bud pretty quick, especially the Michael being suspended part. That was big to me because when they, somebody said, I can't remember which one it was, uh, but they said Michael Jordan was the reason the NBA had gotten to where it was. The NBA is going to do worse without Michael Jordan for a year or a year and a half. Why would that – it doesn't make sense for them to make that move. Yeah, I, I you stole my thunder there. That's exactly how I felt. Sorry. There were no, – no, 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 no. That's perfect. It, we totally agree on that. But that was – those two things. So those were two things that were two of the the my favorite parts of this entire documentary for the first eight episodes so far – because as big a Michael Jordan fan as I was growing up, I wanted so, so, so badly for those rumors, number one, for his father's murder to not have anything to do with 
any gambling debts or anything. And number two, especially the um, the suspend the suspension thing, right? I wanted unquote, so right? yes, yeah, so badly for those two things to be not true. And you, I I've heard over the years, you know, you hear it. And you're like, man, you know, there. You automatically want to refute it. You want to. You want to say no way, no way, no way. But that's just your own biased opinion getting in the way. Because I don't know. I don't have all the facts. I wasn't there. I don't know for sure that those things weren't true. And so there was a little. There was always a little bit of doubt in my mind all these years that those things could have been true. And uh, as much as I didn't want them to be, I knew. Yeah, you know what. There's a lot of stuff about Michael loving to gamble. He calls it a competition problem. Everybody else, psychologists call it a gambling problem. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he, he, he loved to gamble. We saw a, a bunch of instances of that in previous episodes. Um, so it's not out of the realm of possibility that that could have been the case. Um, but the, the way that people with so much conviction and so many people, the way they spoke about it, both of those things made me feel so much better because people, you also heard people at, say that. At this that, point in time, some, somewhere, somebody would have slipped a story out about it. Sure. Yeah. And there hasn't been a story of any of these people, you know, stating the facts. It's all been uh, just uh, 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 thoughts or opinions mm-hmm. that have come out about it. There's never been anything that's slipped out saying mm-hmm. David Stern said this, so and so, David Stern's secretary's boyfriend said this. None of that's ever come out. So that's enough for me. Yeah, me too. And that was so I'm, I was so so happy to hear like I said the way people were were talking about it and saying there's absolutely no evidence at all that Michael's dad w- was killed because of anything having to do with gambling or anything else Michael was doing. And number two, that after he decided, and, and we can jump right to that, is that you know he almost already had his mind made up to retire that that summer. And then after his father passed, he didn't. He talked in his press conference when they decided that he was going to when he decided he was going to retire. He said that was kind of it. Like he, he said, I, my father saw me play my last basketball game and that's what I, I, I want that to be the case. And um, that was, it, it, we'll get to this later, mm-hmm. but the 96 championship, that, that was, uh, that, that's the one buddy that, that pulled the old tear jerkers. Oh, out yeah. of me. We'll get to that later. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, I agree. That, that was a cool part though. The way he, he made it. Hey, listen, that, that's it. And, um, uh, <laughs> Ran and he goes to a White Sox playoff game and all hell breaks loose. Yeah. Breaks loose. Yep. He threw out the first pitch and that's where he, he told everybody, told Jerry Reinsdorf that he, he you know, was going to be done. And the, the, the bad thing, the thing that Michael really did him wrong on was it, that was the day before training camp. He, didn't, he announced that the day before training camp was supposed to start. It was late. It was really late that he announced his retirement. So, they, the Bulls didn't have any time to, to try to replace him. The draft was already done. You know, they had no idea. Um, so they had to figure something out. And, and you know, they, they ended up having a pretty good season. Scottie Pippen was an MVP caliber player that next year. They talked about that, that, you know, everybody kind of stepped up and things were a little easier because that's the next thing to go into for me is, is that was episode seven was the, was when they really started showing all those, all that footage of him in practice 
getting after people and trash talking, you know, just, yeah. just, just the part, the part where Michael said that he was going, people were not going to like him after they watch it. This was what we've been waiting for. Uh, so what do you think about it? What do you think about that? Michael Jordan, we've all heard about it, mm-hmm. but this is the most you've ever actually literally heard it. And they, mm-hmm. they basically, it's basically almost all, uh, focused on Stanley Burrell. Yeah, Scott Burrell. Yes. Uh, sorry, the, Stanley. Sorry, Stanley sorry. Burrell is that was <laughs> Xavier, former Xavier basketball player, and also right. I don't know. <laughs> MC Hammer's real name. <laughs> oh, um, is it really? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's funny. Didn't know that. <laughs> um. So <laughs> Scott Burrell, it, it was Scott Burrell, but it wasn't just Scott Burrell. It was everybody. Everybody. I mean, they talked about. Everybody got it. Every every player that played with Michael Jordan got some of that, at least some of it. Steve Kerr told his story about getting into a fight with him. Yep. Um, uh, and, and it sounded like Michael – Steve Kerr handled it the right way and Michael respected him for it and all that. They talked about that. And Michael, Michael apologized up, because Michael he felt came bad. came out and said, I made a mistake. I, that was – that's that the, was too far. And that's I went the, too far. And that's the only time he said he went too far in anything yes. like that. He said he tried to get Scott yeah. Burrell to fight him a, a few times, and yeah, he wouldn't he do wanted it. Him to. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it sounds like that that Steve Kerr fight. The mm-hmm. you know when Steve Kerr pushed him, and then he punched him in his face. It sounds to me like that's maybe not the only fight that Michael Jordan's ever gotten into in practice. No, probably not. Nope. Um, and when you hear guys talk about him, Tony Kukoc talked about it. Bill Wennington talked about it. Um, Luke Longley ha- has has had nothing to do with. I don't. I don't even know that he's um, he was asked to be part of the documentary, but he's gotten a lot of requests since then to talk about it. He refuses because he has a bad relationship with Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan was that way because he thinks Michael Jordan well, is a bad is a guy. Jo- this is a Michael Jordan uh, documentary, so I'm sure they don't want somebody that's against Michael Jordan on it. That's that's <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah, if it wasn't a, if I mean, it was about the 97-98 team, yeah, if so it was you would think they would have asked If it was about the Bulls, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they would have asked <laughs> Longley. No. Anyway, let's see I mean, we got did. Will Purdue on here. Will Purdue talked about it. He did, and BJ Armstrong. BJ Armstrong, yeah, Horace Grant. BJ Armstrong is one of Michael Jordan's best friends, and he he said he was asked, "Is Michael Jordan a bad, a, a, a mean guy, or a bad guy, or something?" And he sat he sat there and thought about it. Yeah, he's like, and, and his his answer was, mm, he had to be. You know, it wasn't yeah. no, he's not a bad guy. You just have to get to know him. It was he had to be. He had to be kind of a mean right. guy. And, you know, yeah. so so everybody, but it sounds like everybody, at least now, realizes. And Bill Wennington said this. He's like, he's like, you know what? He was a jerk. He was he pushed people too far. He went he he went he cro- he crossed the line. They said that he crossed the line several times, and he made everybody upset. And then and he and then he goes and it worked. Everybody- it worked. That's what Horace Grant, Horace Grant said. Horace Grant said when Michael came out. You knew, or if something went wrong, or there was a bad game, Michael would let you know. You went out and wanted to play because you didn't want to hear that or mm-hmm. get anything from Michael. Yeah. So you, it made you play harder. It made you a better player. 
I, I listen. Bullies get a. He's a bully. Michael Jordan yeah. was a bully. He was, yeah. And one of my favorite parts of that whole thing, by the way, Scott Burrell, when when he it, they did the little montage where he's just talking trash to Scott Burrell, and at the very end of it, he's like playing defense against him in uh, in, uh, in the practice, and he's just standing there like with his face like he's bored. Like, come <laughs> on, man! And Scott Burrell's got the ball like backing him down, and he's not even moving. And then Scott Burrell makes the move, take a fadeaway, and he. He blocks it without even like trying. It was <laughs> like a flat-footed block. It was the most classic thing I've ever seen. Scott Rail's going as hard as he can. Michael is bored out of his mind, rolling his eyes at the guy, and then sticks his hand up and takes the ball from him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I think fouled him too in there, but uh, but well, he yes, fouled him after the, it was a good the block. second one. Yeah, but the then second he one was foul. Fouled him afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, that was that was pretty funny. Um, but that's what Michael in there. They said Michael Jordan was like that all the time. Tony Kukoc was like after games when we would lose, he would just come in and be like, "You mfers are so sorry. Just wait till practice tomorrow, or you better be ready to practice." And then he'd come into practice and yeah. and just go after him. And um, and so it was. You you saw all the stories that you that you've heard for years about how Michael Jordan was so hard to play with as a teammate because. You know, because he tested everybody, and that's what—that's his reasoning behind it. Was it was a test? He had to test everybody because he was testing your mental toughness more than anything. If you weren't yeah. able to deal with his ribbing, his constantly—you know—even sometimes crossing the line with you and pushing you to your limit, where you're ready to break and you're ready to fight him. If you can't handle that, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to handle any kind of pressure or any kind of mental hurdle that comes along when we're in the playoffs and we're right. there. If that's you where you can we're handle in. his. You can handle anything that happens yeah. the rest of the the rest of the way in the game. <clears throat> which which takes us to our last point that I wanted to make for episode seven was the way the episode ended, which was he was Michael was asked, "Do you think the way that you?" handled uh you, you know your teammates and testing people like that your your competitiveness um was do you think uh that changed people's view about whether you're a good guy or not and he he kind of like thought about it for a second and he and, he, and then he went into this kind of speech that's like all over the internet now you know that people are and he like, got emotional he, he got, got emo- really he got emotional which was which was a huge deal, I think, because that was the you know that that like shows more than even more than the what you know the things that we saw him doing in practice. That was that was his competent you know the, the competition his competitive drive was behind all that. That's why he was doing that because he wanted to be the best, and that was you know that was the way he thought it was was the best way to lead. It's the only way he knew how. It's the only way he knew how. And that's the way he thought it was supposed to be. And so, but this, the, the getting emotional, just talking about it 30 years later, that to me shows even more passion and more competitive spirit than what he was doing to make that happen. Because that tells me that it tells me that he, he, uh, he, he, he realized what he had to do at the time, but he doesn't want to be thought of. In, in everyday life like that's me on the court but I'm not a big he, like they're asking him if he's a bad person and he, that's that's tough like 
that you have to, he's got to live with the fact that, that there are people that literally think he's a bad person just because he's so competitive. And if you go back and listen to what Steve Kerr said and uh, these interviews with Scott Burrell here that have been all over places lately and, and you know, other guys, they said, listen, during practice, yeah, Michael was like that. But outside of practice, Michael, that was not Michael. Like Michael was fun to be around and you could hang out with him and play cards and and cut up. You know, and it would be, it was more fun. It wasn't that constant berating like he was in practice. That was for the game. And I think that's a big part of what that was about. Michael felt, I think Mike feels, that's that's a tough question to ever get asked. If somebody's asking you if you're a bad person be, because of how you're known, man, that's rough. Especially if you don't feel like you are a bad person. I totally agree. And I think it was a combination. I think it, yeah. it really is his sure. passion Feeling, feeling that again, feeling that passionate about competition and about how important it was to you and about, mm-hmm. you know, I, I imagine him flashing back in his mind as he's thinking about how to answer that question. All of the, all of the practices, all of the difficult, those Steve Kerr type practices where he, he went over the edge and then realized he went over the edge and it, you know, it, it's got to play games with him mentally because he does, he is a human being. He doesn't want to be thought of as a bad guy. It means that much to him as a leader on a basketball team and, and to be the best, it means that much to him that in those situations around the team, when it was necessary, when he felt it was necessary, he needed to be that way. And, and, and people took it, you know, some people could take it and some people couldn't. And there were, I'm sure, a lot of emotional days and nights and a lot of emotional moments for him trying to trying to to deal with, am I doing the right thing? Is this the way I'm, I should be doing it or whatever? I'm sure he questioned himself. But and, and, and like you said, now he doesn't want he wants to be thought of as a good guy because I think he thinks of himself as a good guy. And, and, and so that is so. So that does come into it, though. Yeah, I think you're right. It's it's the emotion behind, behind like, man, I, I treated those people like crap. I mean, I treated a lot of people like crap. So, yeah, I kind of get it, but I need them. But it's also maybe a feeling of helplessness because you're not understood quite. Like, if people – like, I, I feel like he's thinking, like, if people could just see inside my mind, they would understand – that I was doing that for them and for us as a team, you know, I was doing that because that's sure. what we needed, you know, that's what they needed, and that's what we yeah. needed. And they think, think of me as a bad guy because felt of that way. I think his teammates knew that. Look, mm-hmm. just look at Scottie Pippen during the game where he's wearing a pair of Air Jordans, and like they got they they show Scottie on TV when he's not playing for the Bulls at the time during that year and a half, and he lifts his shoes up, points at him, and says come back and like does a little thing with his finger like bring it back you know what i mean mm-hmm. like the team as much as people can say he was a bad guy and everything that team knew how much they needed him oh yeah even scotty who was the leader on that team when he wasn't there knew how to get to that level to be at that next level they needed michael jordan definitely but it was also scotty was so good with bringing him back because scotty had a personality like steve kerr talked about like Scotty was such was so much softer with his leadership, but it, he was a leader. But he but he would he was the kind of leader that was a little that was more you know positive reinforcement, positive talk, 
you know, he would, he would, if you were, if you were down, he would come put his arm around you and say, look, it's going to be all right. Or, Hey, don't worry about it. We all miss shots or whatever. And Michael was totally the opposite. And that's the thing is that's why there are people like Luke Longley to this day won't talk about Michael Jordan because he can't stand the guy because of the way he treated his teammates. And because, sure. because and Luke Longley, I'm sure understands that they won because Michael was that way. They were so good because Michael was mm-hmm. that way. But at the same time, it's it's not everybody can accept that the same way. Not everybody is can can take that kind of can take some abuse and think of it like this is good for me. Because guess what? It's that's not the only way to do it. That's not the only way to win and be the best and 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 bring your teammates and and build your teammates up to be the best team collectively. That's not the only way to do it because they're the first one that comes to my mind is Tim Duncan. He was the opposite of that. You know, I'm sure I'm sure he had to get into people once in a while when he needed to, but I mean, Tim he Duncan wasn't used to not even talk to rookies. He acted like he didn't even know their names. So I don't know. I think Tim Duncan had a little bit of that in him. I but nowhere close to to Michael, I don't think. I think that was no, a, I don't think anybody's ever been there except for maybe Kobe. Yeah, and, and, right. And Kobe probably did that because Michael did that, because he knew right. all the stories. Sure. But but there are I feel like there are I'm sure there are plenty of leaders, great all-time players and leaders. Magic Johnson, right? Magic Johnson's another guy. I don't think he is not the type of guy that would that would just he would he would talk a little trash. I mean, we saw that in the Dream Team documentary, the Dream Team documentary, and in this documentary, right? The, right. We saw it in the Dream Team documentary and the Michael Jordan documentary that he uh, that that he was he would talk trash, right? You didn't even laugh that I called it the Michael Jordan documentary, but anyway. Oh, I didn't uh, realize <laughs> I was thinking about Michael Jordan talking trash. You're so tired. <laughs> no, I'm um, not. I'm good. <laughs> So uh, a lazy boy. This is I'm, 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 this is a this is a different different situation for me. Hey, when I come back to the Rum Dumb Studio, that lazy boy better still be in there. <laughs> <laughs> Will you ever come back? Yeah, like I Will said, in two years, two, two thousand May thirteenth, two thousand twenty-two, I'll be back. All right. Um, All right. Sounds good. No. Hopefully we don't get the hopefully we don't get the raccoon flu by then. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have the raccoon ear infection by then. That's right. That's what was that the raccoon ear infection. <laughs> that's my that's my favorite one of all the ones you listed. <laughs> no, so no, so, obviously every obviously there's there's different ways to lead. We all know there's different ways to lead. That was the way Michael led. Uh, it worked for those Bulls teams. Uh, you know, I, you can't say it didn't or it could have been better because when he was there, they won. Yeah. So you know, uh, obviously there's guys that 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 did it differently. Uh, and had the same results or close to the same results or did things or were very good. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Michael, Michael could be a uh, complete and total D bag. Now, before we go into episode nine, eight, 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 eight I want to say one thing. Uh, can I tell you what my favorite part of episode seven was? Yes, please. It was the in the very beginning. They, they said that it was the, the question about backstabbing. What's going on with all yes. you know, how, how the show with all the backstabbing? <laughs> my absolutely only so I took notes while I was writing these watching these two episodes. The only thing I wrote down for either episode, I wrote I wrote down Way to go, way to go, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who asked the question. It was, it was Craig, Craig Sager. Sager. Who, was it Craig Sager? Yeah. <laughs> oh jeez. 
I just lost you. Uh oh. Yep. No, no, I, I can, I can hear and, you. Uh, <laughs> I can't see. I can hear you. All right, good. And uh, what's his name? How do I get back to it? Jerry, oh. Jerry Krause. So uh, uh, Jerry Krause goes off and just walks off the set, and it's just uh, it, in the background, you just hear somebody go, "Way to go, Craig!" Yeah. It was the funniest thing I have ever heard. It was so great. I it loved was, every second of that, that. That was funny, and I. Jerry Krause handled it probably better than I would have handled it because I was ma- when I heard that question I was, I was mad. mad. Yeah, it bothered me I so much, too. especially for a guy like Craig Sager, who even in nine in ninety seven ninety eight was around had been around for a long time and yeah. should know better than that. It, 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 there was number you know one. The, I don't. Maybe there was some other. You. Craig Sager might have been a little bit more of a uh, of a of a of a. Uh, that kind of a guy than we thought he was. Maybe he wasn't the the great Craig Sager, the funny, crazy dressing Craig Sager. I mean, apparently, what was who was it that he uh, gave twenty dollars to or something like that? As it was, that was part of this documentary. Oh too. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I remember you talking about. Was it? But he was making fun of somebody. I don't Dennis? remember who it was. He was making fun of Dennis somebody. Rodman. Threw twenty dollars at him or something like that. Yeah, I think it might have been Dennis Rodman. I don't know. Um, but anyway, I, yeah, I, I that did that was funny, and uh, and Jerry Krause still answered the question pretty well. But he was he was clearly because he came back to it like three or four times in his one minute answer. Like I, I'm, he yeah. was like so disappointed that he said backstabbing because there was no back. Like yeah. that was the, Jerry Krause was completely upfront. Everybody hated him for it, but he was, was completely say, upfront about it. Opposite of backstabbing. Yes. If you're backstabbing somebody. You're doing something without letting them know. Like you, you sneak up from behind. There was no sneaking up. It was like, "Yo, Phil, bro, this is it, man." Yeah. You know, we just, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you. Maybe, maybe he was talking about some other things that this documentary didn't cover that I don't remember from that time or something. I don't know, but if it's just about, you know, he and Phil, you know, Phil being mad that he's not being brought back, and Jerry Krause saying, "Too bad, we're bringing in Tim Floyd because he's the next great coach." Um, you know. <laughs> Too bad, but there was no backstabbing. I, I couldn't believe Craig Sager asked that question, or anybody asked that question. All right, on to episode nine. Episode eight. eight, uh, eight, eight. So, so we started with uh, with baseball. You know, he retired, and it, and it took us back to when he. Uh, it it kind of showed us what happened because he decided to play baseball. That was the last conversation. Michael said that was like the last conversation that he had with his dad was you know the two of them debating whether or not he was going to play baseball. Um, and his dad was, he wanted to play baseball. His dad was encouraging him to, um, he even said there was, I think a writer that said that Michael, um, two years before that, or at least a year before that basically told him that's what he was going to do. It it was right. It was after the 90, it was after the 92 championship before they left to go to, um, to, to the Olympics. Michael told one of the writers, like, He's he's like I'm gonna I'm gonna shock the world. He's like I'm gonna I'm gonna retire and I'm gonna, I'm gonna play, try baseball. play baseball. Yeah, and he's like what? He's like when are you gonna do that? He's like well I would do it. I would be playing this summer, except I have the Olympics and my and Larry and or Magic never won three in a row. So I've got to right. come back and do that. After that, I'm ready. So I'm good. And that's How exactly what that? he did. My favorite part of the whole baseball thing, because I think what you had written down for us to talk about was the comeback. So my favorite thing about the whole baseball thing is I remember Michael Jordan being okay. 
like I remember him having struggles. I remember specifically remember him struggling. I specifically remember him hitting uh, uh hitting hitting a couple home runs and, and doing all right. He had a 14 game hitting streak to start. That was pretty impressive. And what impressed me the most is is how many people said if he got 1500 at bats, he would have been in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. I watched him play and watching his swing, watching the way he fielded things like that, he didn't look like somebody that was uh, another, you know, another year or two away from making the big leagues to me. He didn't. Right. He did to me. Uh, now, obviously, I'm no scout, but Michael also, I think the point of what these people were trying to say, uh, Terry Francona, and, mm-hmm. and who was his coach at the time, and, and, and uh, all these guys, I think the point of it was he worked harder than everybody he had more than every single person in that locker room but he still worked harder than everybody in that locker room Mm -hmm. and just with his his athletic ability and and athletic talent if you will they feel he could have he could have made it it would have been not in the Barry, not in the bo jackson or deon sanders kind of role maybe more of a deon sanders role but it wouldn't have you know he wasn't Bo Jackson or anything like that, but obviously, I that impressed me a lot. That was pretty. That was something. That was something cool to hear. Definitely, and, and I don't think it surprised anybody because his yeah his, his athletic ability um, could have could have gotten him there, but not that alone. His work ethic really, a, along with his you right. know, because that's what uh, I, I think it was one of the hitting coaches or whatever. He stopped said. playing baseball. Sophomore, stop playing baseball. His sophomore year in high school. Yeah, there was fourteen years or something like that between time when he was thirty-one yeah. years old. Decided he was going to play again yeah. professionally. And they start, and, and that that was another thing that I didn't remember from the time. But they said they obviously would never start somebody in that situation that's just starting their baseball career, their professional baseball career at Double A. But they started him at Double A because they right. had to because they didn't have. Uh, facilities to handle all the media that was going to be yeah, there. Any the media you know, circus that was around. He was he was having press conferences sitting on top of the dugout, and yeah. the media was in the stands. That yeah. was great. <laughs> that's that's unbelievable. I can't imagine anybody else ever that ever happening again. I, I mean, unless LeBron no. tomorrow comes out and says, "I'm retiring. I, I now I now play for the Cleveland yeah Indians or the Browns or somebody." Yeah, it would be. It would be football for him, and he could he could do it. He'd be one of the best tight ends in, in all of football. Probably, I mean he's thirty five so, now or thirty six or whatever. But um, yeah. Anyway, so 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 then BJ Armstrong catches him during the strike because Michael Jordan, being the players' guy that, that he is, decides that he is not going to be a, a scab mm-hmm. uh, and, and be a replacement player. Right. He's he's not doing it. BJ Armstrong, let's have some breakfast. Yo, we say you want to come play. I love how BJ Armstrong totally took credit for bringing Michael back. Well, he did. That that that's the story that I've always heard. Is, is Michael Michael called BJ because Michael was in town and said, "What are you up to?" That's the that's the story I have always heard. Yeah. Um, and, and he did, and he went he went to practice because they were it was before practice, and he's like, "Yeah, let's, yeah." And BJ was like, "Yeah, come on over." You know, just hang, just hang around or whatever. And of course, yeah. Michael can't because of who he is and because of, he's got to compete at everything. He can't just go yeah. there and be like, "Okay, I'm just going to sit there and watch." 
you know, at, yeah. I don't know. I guess he just always has his, uh, he always has gear with him or whatever. Um, so he, I guess he had his uh, shoes. It, or, it was practice. You know that they had a pair. He, oh, first, he's always going to have George with him. And second, they've got his, they've, they've always got an extra pair of shorts and a t-shirt ready for sure. him to go. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, but he did. He started messing around at practice and then started getting the itch and was like, okay, and, you know, it's, baseball's not playing right now anyway. He so was showing up. He went to like three out of five practices in a row. Yeah. And it, at that point in time, everybody knew it was coming, right? Yeah, and, and he decided, yep, I think it's time. I think it's time to go back. And, um, and so he decided to, and he, in weird timing again, you know, because it was like a month before the playoffs. We're going to start maybe two months or something like right. that. Um, so it was the second half of the season. He decided to come back. You know, he hadn't played basketball in a year and a half or whatever. So it was it was going to be it was going to be tough. And Tim Grover, his his trainer for years and years and years, told him when he decided to ret- you know to start playing baseball. He's like, Michael, we're going to have to completely change your body. You're going to have to completely change the way you work out, the way you eat, the way you do everything to get your body ready for baseball because it's a completely different thing. And this is going to hurt your basketball if you ever want to go back. He told him that. And Michael's like, yeah, no, I'm yeah. good. I'm 100% in on baseball. I'm 100% in. So, and, 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 and then in Michael's press conference when he retired, he, he left it open. He's like, look, retirement means you can do anything. If I decide I want to come back and play basketball again at some point, Okay, maybe I will. I don't remember that part of the retirement. I, I don't remember him saying that. I remember that retirement speech. I, I remember or the retirement deal, you know, where they where where you sat down with all that. I don't remember that part of it. Where I feel like after watching that and that smile, like yeah, I felt like Michael was just needed a break and he was coming <laughs> back for sure. After obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, but like watching that and the smirk on his face. I was like, he's for sure coming back. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did seem like he was like almost foreshadowing a little bit. But um, yeah. he, so anyway, he, he did. He, he decided to come back. He sent out the press release that just said two words. I'm back. I'm um, back. Famously. So so this brings us to to let's let's get into the next thing we want to talk about. Yeah. Which is this brings us to he puts number 45 on his on his chest. And it was the very first number when he was a kid playing. Uh, I was a basketball in high school. Or I can't remember, yeah. but that was his first number. So he puts forty-five on because he just didn't feel like twenty-three was the right thing. He wanted his dad. The last game, his dad saw him. He he just didn't want that twenty-three to be on him because his dad wasn't going to be there to see him. Right. That was one of the things. There was a bunch of other any other stuff. And then they play. Uh, then they play. Uh, it was. It was. Was it? Was it, um, Orlando? Orlando. They're playing Orlando in, in the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, was it Nick Anderson or somebody walks off the and says, 45's not twenty-three." Yep. And this brings us into the next part of what we want to talk about. Yeah. Michael Jordan, who has done it all, uh, continued to do it all, did it all at the time can always find something he, he I, I feel like if, if anybody can say i'm gonna find a reason to get up for this game that man can make himself believe it like 
insane. Here's somebody say 45 is not 23 and just became a different human being for one game, mind you. It was only for one game because right. he was wasted, tired. Yeah. But for one game, he comes back and actually puts on 23. I never knew that was the reason he put it back on. I had never heard that story before, <clears throat> and yeah. I loved every second of it. And what did he drop? 55 or 45 or something <clears throat> on him? I can't remember. What yeah, did, it was like 41 or something like fun. that. Yeah. That's fun. Uh, yes. I love that. I love that. You had you had that um, uh, before that earlier in the playoffs. And I think in the first round of the playoffs, they played um, they played Charlotte and BJ Armstrong, his friend who brought him back, who who got who got him to come to practice so he could start. Wasn't that in the '96 uh, year though? That was the year they won. Wasn't that '96 when, when they played Charlotte in the was first it? round? Okay, I was thinking it was maybe that year, but maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I think it was um, the next year. So they ended up, either yeah. way, another example, uh, another playoff series. I think you're right. Yeah, because they, they only played one. They they didn't play. They played Chicago or Orlando mm-hmm. the first the first round of the playoffs and lost. You're right. You are right. Um, so so there was that, um, and then and if we want to actually just stick with that, there was that thing that Nick Anderson said. So Michael had to come mm-hmm. back and improve. You know, I, I am, you know, still 23 or whatever. I'm still that good, at least, is what he's trying to say. And he did it, like you said, for one game. And then they talked about how his body just wasn't, you know, wasn't ready for the playoffs because he it, yeah. he, he was off for Horse 21 Grant. months and he had two Horse months to Grant get back says, on. oh, no, why'd you say that? Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, that was funny. <laughs> Horace Grant knew. But then Horace Grant had a, had a great series, was an all-star that year and everything for Orlando and was – after the after Orlando beat them, was carried off by his teammates in the United Center. Yeah. Was carried off, and Michael that bothered Michael too, you know, because because yeah. uh, Horace was on that another was team. That's all he cared about. That's all he thought about. Yeah. that's all he thought about was Orlando. So that was another thing that he could take into the next year uh, once yep. they were going to face Orlando again. Um, but then going into the next year, uh, they faced B.J. Armstrong, another former uh, teammate of his. In Charlotte, B.J. Armstrong also – B.J. Armstrong was a uh, was an all-star the year that Michael – in 94, the year after when Michael was playing yeah. baseball. B.J. Armstrong was a, an all-star for Chicago, so he kind of elevated to kind of the next level um, in the league. So he got, I'm sure, a, a, con- a better contract opportunity in Charlotte or whatever. Um, yep. And so he went and played with them. Apparently had a pretty big role because he was taking the last shot in games and playoffs. Um, I, yeah, that's crazy to me that Glenn Rice isn't taking that shot. That yeah. he got BJ Armstrong or Larry Johnson or who, whoever. I mean, who, who they had a pretty decent squad back then. I, yeah, I would have to look at the roster then. I, I Glenn Rice, I'm pretty sure I do remember seeing him on there at least. Um, Wasn't Alonzo Mourning on that team? I don't know. See, I think I think that might have been just. I think those guys may have come gone? just after. I'm not positive. Um, they, they may have been on the team. So, BJ, poor BJ Armstrong, all he did was get excited that he hit the last shot. Yeah. And that, well, like, Michael, was, was not, Michael doesn't even allow anybody to be excited. Like, you're not even allowed to be excited because you beat him in a game. He, he was, That's it. You're he, done. You should have never been excited. He was strutting a little bit, and he was talking a little bit of trash, and he was making some faces and stuff. So, it wasn't like he just, like – it wasn't like Michael's he reaction worked, after he hit the shot he against Cleveland where he just was like, yes. Bench. What's that? <laughs> what? He whooped towards their bench. 
Yeah. He, 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 I mean, he was trying to make sure they knew who, you know, that, Hey, I'm the one that beat you guys or whatever. But, um, but yeah, Michael took it like he did everything else. He saw it and he took it to another level, made it, made it worse than it really was probably because that he used that as the motivation to just crush him the next game. And, And I think they beat him the next four or however many they, I think it was one one at that point or something like that, and they won the next three or something like that. Was that George? Was George Carl coaching that team? George Carl was coaching the Sonics that year in '96 in the finals. Oh, that was in the, okay. So we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. So, so before we get to that, the other one that I really liked was this LeBradford guy or whatever this dude's name Bradford is. Bradford Smith, yeah. And and uh, dude goes off on Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan had a bad game. Every, you know, even Pete Rose got out sometimes. You know, he had a bad game, and this dude uh, apparently played really well. And come to find out, Michael make not only does he get can he find a way to get up, be, get up, and get up for a game because of something anybody does, he just make it up himself. <laughs> I truly believe if you've ever watched Seinfeld, George Costanza says it's not a lie if you really believe it. I think Michael Jordan really believed that some guy walked up. Put his arm around him and said, "Nice game, Mike." Yep. Wow. Holy cow! So that is all of a sudden what makes this dude go bananas and go off for fifty-five in Washington the next night. I feel like if you're gonna make something up, make it worse than "nice game, Mike." Yeah, Tell, nice game, Mike. Like, make yeah, him make him say, say like, something about your mom like, or something you like that. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you ain't nothing what you used to be, or you know, say something. Yeah. But nice game, Mike. <laughs> that could have been like, hey, nice game, Mike. You know, like, hey, legitimately, yeah, good, good game. Yeah, you know? but that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, yes, he did. He manufactured these things. He manufactured. They, they come back and ask motivation. him about it and said, did that really happen? And he was like, no, it never really happened. No. Nope. <laughs> Just needed a reason to score 36 in the first half the next night. That's all. Yep. He said, I'm going to score as much as that kid did in the game in the first half. And he almost did it. That yeah. kid had 37, and he scored 36 in the first half. Right. Um, so, so anyway, so that, that, yeah, that was another uh, instance. The B.J. Armstrong thing, the Horace Grant thing, Nick Anderson. And then you go to, to – so they lose to Orlando in 95. When he comes back, um, he'd only been back, like we said, a month and a half, two months, whatever. Um, and yep. he and he wasn't he just wasn't quite ready to, to compete at that level again um, yet sure. because his body was different right like Tim Grover said it was going to be so, so then he had to the to the guys yeah no then then that summer he he was filming Space Jam and they built an entire they built what if I won the lottery what I would build as my house they built him yes. a gym um, a a really nice gym so that he could work out and play whenever he needed to on set, right? So I they, they talked about that. Um, they, they talked about his day. He would he, His call you, time was like – Did you find like, it weird that they played shirts versus skins all the time? No, in the 90s, that's the, that's the only way he did it. I feel, like, I feel like if they built this gym for him, they could like give him some of those like yellow beanies or something to <laughs> throw on the other team. Those guys – A bunch of old sweaty men, shirt versus skins. I, I'm I'm all about never doing shirts versus skins ever again for anybody, especially in the game I'm involved in. Whether I'm skins or shirts, I don't care. I don't want to be in a shirts versus skins game. 
Um, but we always used to play that though in the backyard. Uh, yeah, we were all. It was always shirt well, on Duber Drive, man. Duber Stadium it was always shirts for skin. <laughs> yep, I mean that's that's like I said, that's the way it was. Like in the ni- 80s and 90s, like that's people played. Yeah, those that was the options. You were shirts or you were skins. Um, and 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 uh, at the end of that, where people were still playing shirts versus skins. Uh, you would go to the Y, and um, if you had, if you got the girl, the one girl that was there trying to play with everybody, you were shirts. You had to be shirts, you know. And, yep. And that uh, were the really big kid. Yep. Yeah. That kid. That kid's always a shirt. Yeah. Like, I, I yeah. I need that dude to keep a shirt on. <laughs> yep. And now, after eating the way I've eaten all week, I feel like that kid. But anyway, um, <laughs> so but. Some cool footage from because you saw Reggie Miller, Jawan Howard, a bunch of NBA guys would fly down there just to play yeah. in pickup games Patrick against Mike Ewing and all these guys. Right, um, and and I, I found out uh, later that there were also games featuring like actors, like there were there were people that weren't basketball players that would play in those games sometimes too. Like I saw I saw a thing that said like George Clooney played a couple times and like. Some oh, that's cool. like uh, some of the actors in the movie, or some of the uh, people like making the movie and stuff would would play in those games. Well, sure. He just wanted to get some people, enough people to play in the game. Yeah. But the best part is, is he said him and Scotty, or him and, and whoever would sit around, and they were like using this time as scouting. They were scouting all these dudes while oh, they're yeah. there. These guys are playing some of the best pickup games they've ever played in in their lives. And Mike's using it as a reason not only to get his body back in shape, but to to absolutely uh, get to know everybody's strengths and weaknesses just a little bit more. Yeah, and he was he was inviting he was inviting those people down there. So he was inviting all stars because he wanted to play against good players. He wanted to play right. against the best players. And some of those guys like Jawan Howard and, and those guys, the the young guys coming into the league that were supposed to be the best up and coming guys. That was the reason too. He wanted to scout those guys too to see what they got, yep. and, and and that was, from what I understand, part of his motivation to come back too, um, was because he was like, you know what, all these guys that are my age or around my age that I played against before, they know how I am. I've already beaten everybody, but there are some some other guys that have come into this league and are coming into this league that everybody's touting as the next great thing. The next Michael Jordan. Now. Now I got to prove myself to those guys, and 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 I got to if those if that's the best competition now now I want to beat that competition. So yeah, that was really cool to see those that footage of, of those things. And he said he had a renewed uh, like hunger in that off season, especially after losing that playoff. Is you know after the only playoff uh, series they lost from since 1990 or something or since 91 right. that first year that they won a championship. Um. So he was way, way motivated, got back to being Michael Jordan, the basketball player in that summer, came back, 96 Bulls went 72 and 10 and, uh, and, and went, uh, what was it, 87, so 72 and 10, which has been since been beaten by the Warriors, who were 73 and 9. Right. Um, but the Bulls still hold the greatest win percentage that year because they ended up 87 and 13, which means – uh, they went 15 and three throughout the playoffs. That's um, insane. Yeah, <laughs> and two of those were to the Sonics. 
in right. the, in the uh, finals. Right. So they only lost one game throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs. And and they swept, by the way, swept that Orlando team that beat them the, the year before. Yes. So yes. Uh, Michael got his revenge, of course, that he, you know, I'm sure told everybody was going to happen. Um, so anyways, yep. the 96 finals, the Sonics, the George Carl-led Sonics, the Gary Payton, Sean Kemp-led Sonics. Um their opponents Detlef in 96. Detlef Schrempf, yes. Uh, they had a nice team. Uh, Tom Chambers, I think, was on that team. I think I don't know yep. if Sarunas Marshallonis was on the team. But anyway, um, great great team. I think I think Gary Payton was Defensive Player of the Year that year. I'm pretty sure. Um, so the first – so they went down. Bulls went up 2-0, I believe, right? <laughs> Before that, before that, before we talk about they went up or, or any of that, right? Let's talk about continuing to manufacture manufacture uh, 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 reasons to to yeah. come out and play harder. This is George yeah. Carl. If you're George Carl, and Michael Jordan asks you to come up to his table before the day, the night before he's about to play you in the. Uh, for the for the for the championship for the NBA championship, if he comes up to if he invites you over to his table, you are in a lose lose situation. Yes, you are. There is nothing you can do or say that is going that Michael Jordan is not going to use against you. Like if you go up to the table, you're going. You know that he's going to say. Oh, man, I'm going to come get you. We're going we're gonna to whoop your ass. And you have to defend your team and say, <laughs> no, no, man, well, it ain't going to happen. And now Michael's going to use that because you just told him that. Now he's going to use it. So you decide, you know what, I'm just not going to go over there. I'm not going to get anything started. And that, he uses that to fuel his fire. Oh, we're North Carolina, North Carolina. He should have at least came over and said hi to me. Oh, I'm whooping there. It's like, chill, pieces do can come up with anything. Yep. Yep, and I think that's why George Carl chose that to, to not say anything to him because he was like, I it's going to be the better option because no matter what, something's going to – and that was the thing too is at that time it was still – I think there was still – it was still more often in the league that you were playing, especially in the finals where that's the highest level of competition in that yeah. sport. You know, you still had the – look, I'm, I'm your rival. Like we're rivals right now. We're not going to talk – now – that's Michael wasn't yeah, like that, that like Larry was. Even throughout a lot of this documentary, you hear him in the playoffs and in yeah. the, even in the in the finals before that, when they played like uh, when they played the Suns and stuff like that, he was playing golf with these guys and Danny Ainge and, yeah. and uh, you know when they played Boston, he was still going out. So the nights before on the court, it was different. It's truly on the court. It, they were rivals. They played hard against each other. But I don't know that it was ain't that much different than the way it is now, where these guys are really close and good friends, often uh, you know off the court, and and uh, you know see each other all around when they're on different teams. I don't know that. I think people make a little bit more of a big deal about the old days and the new days in that way mm-hmm. uh, uh, than it really is. Yeah, there were certain players that were definitely that way, uh, but that surprises me about Michael that he wasn't. I think he probably had some of that in him, but I think, but like you said, and, and yeah, as soon as I said that, I, I started thinking, well, he played golf with Danny Ainge. He was having dinner with Charles Barkley during the 93 finals. You know, he was, he was, yeah. you know, he was doing that stuff, but, um, Magic Johnson was going over to his house during the, 
during the 90, was it the 90, 92 finals, Two finals yeah. or 90, 91, 92 finals. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. Anyway, anyway, but this dude just manufactures anything he can <laughs> from anywhere. It's, it's amazing to yeah. me how that, how this guy, how this, how Michael Jordan, it's fun to see in this Michael Jordan documentary how his mind really works. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and and that's you know they yeah uh, they they spend a lot of time on that because it's it's about that it's about him. So uh, he did he, he he used the George Carl thing to to say okay now I have to kill them, um, and so they did the first I think it was the first two games they went up two zero or three zero the Bulls did and. And then I think it was 2-0 and then Gary Payton and because they didn't have Gary Payton guard Michael Jordan. I don't know why. Well, because they needed Gary Payton to score and they didn't want him to wear out on the defensive end. But – and then Gary Payton went to George Carl after game two. Right. Uh, and, then Gary, and then Gary Payton went to George Carl after game two and said, I don't care what you say. When we get on the floor, there's nothing you can do about it. I'm guarding Michael Jordan. And I mean, so there's nothing you can do once we get on the floor. So he so that's what he did. So he started guarding Michael, and then Gary Payton talks about how he thinks he did a pretty good job because then they won a couple games, right? They came back and won a couple. They games won two straight games. They made it I believe, And I love. Here we go again. They show <laughs> Mike the video of Gary Payton and the look on Michael Jordan's face. He, I saw during that when Michael Jordan's watching the iPad, and Gary Payton is saying. I'm not saying we would have won, but I think we would have had a chance if I just would have been guarding him from the beginning. Michael Jordan's smile and the look <laughs> on his face was, I want to play this mf right now in a game yeah. <laughs> and show him, I don't care if you guard me or not, y'all weren't beating us. I That face, the laugh, the are you kidding me look on his face, oh my gosh, it's still there. That fight, that fire is still there right now. I think it's the hardest I've ever seen Michael Jordan laugh because he laughed pretty hard at that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yes, yeah, sarcastically. <laughs> yeah, and, and he, <laughs> so he did, and he was like, and he said, "Not nah, the glove." He, he was kind of like making fun of his name almost. He's like, he's like the glove. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I had no problem with the glove. <laughs> like he was like, I had no, yeah, I had he was no like, problem. Yeah. yeah, he's like one of the best defensive players for for a generation, but. He's nothing to me, you know. Yeah. So uh, I, I have no. I he said I have no problems with Gary, and I was like, oh man, mm, sorry, Pete. sorry, GP. Yeah. But let's be honest. Gary Payton was never on that level. No, 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 no. He wasn't, but he was. He was the best defender, or one of the best defenders for sure in the league for sure. ten years. Yeah. And, and uh, so, yeah, I would think he would play. They they did talk about how they needed him to be a scorer on that team too. Unfortunately. Um, so right. they, they needed that so much from him that, that that's why George Carl didn't have him on Mike in the first couple games. But, um, anyway, it didn't work out for them. It worked out for the bulls. The bulls came back one, um, continued their dominance and, uh, and won the 96 finals. And, uh, in the 96 finals, it was game six that they won. And, uh, it was on father's day, right? So it was the first, that is that's the crazy, the first finals Michael Jordan is in since his dad dies. Yeah. He's in it and they win it on Father's Day. Do that goosebumps right now. Yeah. That the Michael Jordan, the 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 video of Michael Jordan, like afterwards, you know, he's tearing up and he's 
talking about his dad while he's on the main microphone on the floor and he's crying on the floor. Uh, but, but the, the release of the, the most raw emotion I've ever seen any athlete put out. He was sobbing on the floor. I've never, you see guys crying and uh, happy tears and stuff like that all the time. He is sobbing uncontrollably on the ground. And it's for one reason. His dad's not there, man. Yeah. It's, it's that that is un unbelievable to me. I, I, I mean, I, I, I couldn't even imagine what that man was going through at the time. Yeah. But did you notice how good his feet looked in, them, in those 11s? <laughs> yeah, well, the 11s were nice. <laughs> they were so nice. Uh, yes, yeah, man. It, it was... I, 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 I was feeling the same thing you were feeling, I think, then. It was just uh, it was a, a crazy – and I, I thought they would have ended that episode that way on that on that shot there, you know. On that shot, um, yeah. And they almost did. That was the kind of the end, but then they flashed back to – because they are going in order now, but they're flashing back to where they are at this point in the 97-98 playoffs, which is the Eastern Conference Finals, and they're getting ready to go against the Indiana Pacers – and Reggie Miller basically ends the episode eight by saying, um, you know, I still think I still think we were as good or better than that than the Bulls that year. He, he thought he they said, were better. I, he said, I went out and I said to myself, this is probably going to be Michael's last year with the Bulls. I'm going to be the one to put Michael under. I'm going to be the one to do it. Yeah. Come on, Reg. Did you? <laughs> Yeah, two toothpicks for arms, man. <laughs> you weren't doing nothing. Hey, what's wrong with that? Reggie Miller's always gotten on my nerves. I was uh, still gets on my nerves. It was it was a no, tough. Nelson, I do like Reggie Miller now. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tough thing for me because I love those Pacers teams. I love they were my second favorite team. I think at the time, and um, and I did like yeah. Reggie Miller a lot. I have I, he was never on the same level as Michael for me, but I did like Reggie a lot, and I liked. Um, just because he was good, I didn't like some of the way that he. And you shoot. He, he, yeah, he was he was an incredible shooter. He might have been the best shooter in the league at the time. Um, he was, yeah. Yeah, um, but I, you know, and I didn't always like the way he acted and stuff like that. But, um, but I did really like him. Was I love those Pacers. Cali boy. Yeah, I, I love those Pacers teams though. I love the Davises and, and Rick Smith was good. And, uh, Chris Mullen and Jalen Rose are two of my favorite left-handed players of all time. So they were both on that team. Um, and, and even better, their coach that year was Larry Bird. So, uh, yeah. that's, you know, that, that, those Pacers teams and that Pacers team in 97, 98, cause that was the best, that was the closest they ever, or no, well, they actually went to the, they played in the finals in 2000. But anyway, besides that, in the Michael Jordan era, they, uh, they got really, really close and they were really good. So, but that's the way episode yeah. eight ended. Um, so we're going into, you know. The last week, episodes nine and ten. It feels like there's so much more to go to fit into the way it's structured so far. It feels like there's a yes. lot to do in nine and ten. And, and fe- I feel like there's a lot for nine, a lot to do just with the 97-98 playoffs. Like that's what this is about. The last dance. The 97-98 playoffs. You're you're in the Eastern Conference Finals now, right? So mm-hmm. there's only you know I, mean, I imagine it's going to go Pacers and then. There, but but you've won now ninety six, you've won the ninety six championship, so they're gonna go and show us the ninety seven championship too because I feel like they kind of already did that. 
I, they haven't shown the 90s. They have, they've shown every championship in order. So now they have to go. Episode nine has to be Eastern conference finals, 97, 98 against the Pacers. However that yeah. goes and they win and they, the Reggie Miller, the last play and whatever game that was where he pushed off that famous play and he makes the game winning shot. Um, but they, but the bulls beat them in that series. And then I feel like it's got in episode nine, then they got a flashback to the year before that. It's going to be all 97, 98. Oh no. 96, 97. The first time they played the jazz, the first year they played the jazz and they won that one. So that's got to be back and forth with the jazz. It's going to be all, it's going to be a whole jazz thing because those were some really good play. Both years, both years were pretty close back and forth, weren't they? I think so. Yep. They they never went. The Bulls never played a game seven in the finals, so they won every every series in six or less. But um, yeah. but they were good. They were really good series. Yes, they were very good series. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm interested. I I hope they do. I hope they see a lot of Carl Malone. I hope to get a lot of John Stockton in these next two. That would be fun. Maybe some uh, Hornacek. Uh, I mean, that was, those were the three guys on that team. Those were the three big guys from that team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I hope to see some of that stuff come out because I love Carl Malone's accent. Yeah, I, and I I love to dislike Carl Malone. Um, he's an all time uh, great, but uh, I, I don't like him. But I love love why, why love. Why would you like Carl Malone? Talking. He's got the biggest shoulders in, in uh, NBA oh, history. He's a physical specimen, but um, he, he's a jerk. He's a huge jerk. <laughs> he's he's famously a jerk. Um, really, I didn't know that. Yeah, there you go. But I, jo- I love John Seems like a Stockton. Nice guy to me. I love John Stockton though. But John Stockton who almost was famously a jerk. He, there were people who thought he was, uh, thought he was a dirty player. Yeah. Yeah. I don't famously know. Famously a jerk. I don't know if, not in the same way Malone was. But anyway, yes, he had things. Michael Jordan said he he thought Stockton was one of the dirtiest players he ever played against. Uh, so that's hard for me to that's hard for me to hear because I love John Stockton because I think he's the second best point and guard thirty players and close to close closer to Magic than I think most people don't even put him in the top three but anyway I put him in the top one and a half uh, anyway gotcha. John Stockton almost almost didn't do this documentary I think they do interview him for it but he almost didn't because he didn't because he was like this is just gonna be another. This is just going to be another thing to blow to to blow smoke up Michael Jordan's the greatest yeah face and uh you know yeah he's like this is just going to be another they call it a I think he called it a puff piece people were calling it that like just just a, another Michael Jordan ego boost basically and he didn't want to be part of that he's like everybody knows about it there's, there's no other thing right. to talk about or whatever you know so, but I think he did. I think he did agree to do some stuff. But um, so we will probably hear from Carl Malone and John Stockton. It's uh, even better if John Stockton is going to be a jerk about the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm just going to keep it, saying jerk. It, if, <laughs> if he comes on the Michael Jordan documentary and is a jerk about everything, oh boy, that's just going to be go. tough. Anyway, oh, uh, man, you're struggling. <laughs> No. I'm, I'm excited though. It's going to be good. Apparently, they're going to get into this other guy who's a friend of the family who kind of becomes his dad, uh, you know, his father figure, and, and never leaves his side for for the next couple of years. So uh, I'm interested because I don't I don't know too much about this cat, and he's passed away as well at this point in time. But his wife 
uh, is interviewed quite a bit. So I'm I'm uh, I'm interested to see uh, a little bit about this, and I think it's I think the last couple episodes are gonna be fun, man. I'm ready for it. You ready for it? I'm ready for it. I wish it was tomorrow. Uh, well, it'll be here before you know it, brother. I know. It'll be here before you know it. I'm going to get my ice cream ready for Sunday night, and uh, I'll be ready. I've been watching them Mondays. I haven't been watching them at all Sunday night. Nothing on I, Sunday. I've been kind of I don't know how you, Monday don't know how you do it. making it my Monday, uh, my Monday afternoon routine. That's That's amazing patience from you. I'm impressed. You know, Sunday night, I'm not going to lie, most of the time I completely forget it's on and I just fall asleep because I don't I don't watch TV. I don't listen to any sports radio. So I don't even know it's on half the time until the next day when Twitter blows up. When I get on Twitter, it's just nothing but Bulls and Michael Jordan. Yep. And there's some awesome content that's come out. Yeah, I, Like I said after the first couple episodes, the worst thing is all the stuff about – and it's died down, I feel like, a little bit, but all the stuff that immediately – Everybody had to either hate Michael Jordan or hate LeBron James because there's a Bulls documentary out. I don't understand. I still don't understand why, why that's a thing. Why LeBron James? Because there's because everybody has to because there are, there are people that are super positive that LeBron James is a better player than Michael Jordan. LeBron James is the greatest of all time, and they they throw all these reasons that they think that's the case out and then so then people come back and do the same thing against lebron james so somebody hates oh, one so or the other an argument again yeah we can't just have a bunch of, we just can't have yeah. a couple dudes that are just phenomenal and unbelievable and just leave it at that exactly and that drove me crazy but like i said it's died down a little bit um so now it's just it, now there's a whole thing i don't know if you saw that espn yesterday released their they they released over a week or whatever their top seventy four all time NBA players. So oh, they, yeah. so yesterday they released the top ten. So uh, I'm seeing a lot of stuff about that. People are all unhappy. And and I was did you see it? Who's in the top? Who's no? I haven't seen it. Who's the top ten? So it was um, Michael was first. LeBron, um, shoot, I'm gonna Kareem. Kareem was three. Uh, yet yeah, I think Bill Russell might have been. Four, Magic five, Wilt six. Wow, Magic was over Wilt. Yep, Magic five, Wilt six. I'm pretty sure. Um, seven was. Um, uh, shoot. It uh, doesn't matter at that point. Eight. It's, we're, we're, we're. Yeah. Uh, uh, eight was Tim Duncan. Nine was Kobe Bryant. Ten was Shaq. I'm, I'm forgetting seven. Um, was Larry, Larry Bird. Bird Larry, Larry Bird was seven. Larry Bird was seven. It was okay. Wilt, Larry. Yeah, Wilt, Larry, Tim Duncan, Kobe, and Shaq to round out the top ten. So people are saying, you know, Kobe's way too low. He should have been top three or four or five or whatever, and everybody's having a problem. That was the – that I feel like that's the closest of anybody's top ten that I've seen that would come closest to what I think. Like I, LeBron I didn't went have to eight straight finals. Yep. I'm – Sorry, dude. The only other the only other person that did that was Bill Russell. He won all eight of his, but yeah. So Bill Russell is obviously better than LeBron. So right, LeBron should at least be three or lower. I, I agree with you. Uh, so you think Bill Russell should be two? Uh, well, he's just got to be above LeBron because he because he went to more finals and won more. All right, so do you believe he should be number two? So I'm just trying to figure out where LeBron really is on your level now. <laughs> so who was number three on this list? Was it Bill Russell? Uh, 
Three was I think or, three was Kareem. I think oh, three was Kareem. So so are you so if Kareem stays above Bill Russell, now you got Kareem two, Bill Russell three, and you got LeBron four. <clears throat> Is that where you got him? You know, and then you know. Can we be all honest? The records too, be honest. That... <laughs> Is it, can we finally say that it's not all about championships? Oh, I'm on. Can we, can we say? I have been on that. I have been on that forever. It's not all about I, championships. I know, I know Michael it's won not. six, and, and the six that he won were he was the MVP in all of them. I understand that. Uh, but That's not why he's better than LeBron. Let's, exactly. It's, it's a team sport, no matter what. Even with Michael, look, he, he, Michael lost a lot of playoff series as well. Mm. He didn't only play for six years. He played for a lot more than that. <laughs> right. So it's, it's not like... He just was automatically, you know, he was the only reason. So those were some really good teams. Scottie Pippen was a phenomenal basketball player as well, and there's a lot of other good guys. But can we, can we, I just wish we could get off of this ridiculous six rings, you know, six times there, one all six of them. I, I, I can't stand that. You know what? If you make it to eight straight, that's pretty flipping impressive as well. Of course. Absolutely. It, it, that's uh, who knows that might not ever be done again. I, I, we don't know, but um, that's really, 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 really impressive. And if making it to eight straight is just as impressive as winning six straight to me. And, and it's with three different teams too, by the way. It, 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 that's, that was what I was, that's why I was going to put in there is, is it was with completely different teams, not three, not just three different teams, no, I mean well, it's yeah, Cleveland, Miami, Cleveland, right? But like all eight of those teams, except for the three years in Miami, or four was it four years in Miami? However long he was in Miami, four besides years. those years, which those teams were pretty well the same, mm-hmm. his Cleveland teams were drastically different from year to year. Like that was literally LeBron James getting some of these teams to the finals on his own. That is as impressive as a feat as you can possibly get. Which yeah. is a lot like what Jordan did early in his career. Jordan literally got them to the Eastern Conference Finals on his own accord, basically, until Scotty got there. Yeah, um, yeah. That 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 first year that they went, that uh, the Cavs went to the Finals <laughs> against the Spurs. Yeah, um, yeah. That was that was a rough. Uh, you know, I, I I watched. I feel like I watched like ninety percent of their games that year. Um, because LeBron was this phenomenon that I wasn't even, I wasn't even excited about until he got in the league and proved me wrong that he was really, really exactly. that good. That um, he really was legit. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I started taking notice and, and, you know, it turns out 17 years later, he's all time great. And he's like, a, a really good guy. He's never been in trouble. He's, you know, he's, he's a family guy and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, he, he may be the only polarized super polarizing athlete that can say something one day retract it and say something different and nobody really gives him as much crap as they give some guys like some people get some real hard you know like when he said i ain't playing if if there ain't no fans i ain't playing and they were like "Mm, eh, you know what lebron (laughs) that's Eh, gonna happen (laughs) i bet you do (laughs) and then he came back and he was like you know what i was wrong i would play yeah, and nobody gave him crap for that. It was just there were a lot of people that would get a lot of flack for flip flopping like that. They call him flip flopper or whatever. LeBron does that 
all the time. He does. Look, there are LeBron haters that that give him crap for everything that he says, no matter what. But that's that's those people. Like those are the same people that do yeah. the same thing to yeah. every president that ever gets into the White House, and you right. know those are just those people. There's always haters, yeah. Um. So so, yeah. But but I love LeBron, and but I'm totally good. Listen, we joke around on this on this podcast all the time about Michael and LeBron and who the best is. But I'm I am 100. The thing that puts Michael above LeBron to me is that that that. Le Bradford, whatever that guy's name is, this dude could make up anything to get himself to the next level. LeBron's—you can see LeBron not always getting to that next level. Sometimes when I, when you think he needed to get there, yeah. that is—I'm going to give it to you—that that was probably what puts it over the edge to me. However, I think it's a closer margin than people really give him credit for. I think LeBron—he's a different type of player. But all around, that dude is as unbelievable an athlete and basketball player as there are out there. The things, the uh, anyway, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and pull on LeBron's trousers right now. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get off of this Michael Jordan documentary. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Bulls documentary. <laughs> all right, uh, yes, and right. for that reason, because it's it's late and we had so yeah. much to talk about today, we're gonna save. Chad Daniels, our comedy segment for next week. All right, um, yes. and, and because we'll have, we'll, we'll probably just do the last dance next week unless something big comes out about one of the leagues coming back or whatever. Yep, one of the leagues. So, so we'll, we'll we'll do a nice, long, good, thoughtful wrap up of this whole entire of episodes nine and ten and the whole documentary together, and then we'll throw in a little Chad Daniels there at the end and see how we feel about that. Um, but that's next week, so. Um, this week I'm 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 good. I'm I'm ready to to lock her lock good. her down and move on. Stay stay in lockdown and uh and until next week, uh if you are driving, don't forget to turn your headlights on.